morning. What's up, Amanda? Hey, Amy, what's up? Hi, Connor. Hey, guys. Good morning. So this morning, we have a special guest, Connor Coco Pops Schelling Tiza. Coco Pops is what his friends call him. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Connor. He is a former UK tennis player from Belfast, a yoga practitioner, a kettlebell instructor. What, uh, which uh, club are you affiliated with, Connor, with your kettlebell? Uh, I did RKC. RKC, oh. okay. Yeah. Uh, he is a photographer. Previously RKC, now it's SFG. Yes, exactly. Okay, he is also a photographer and last but not the least, a professional print and runway model with major models in Milan. Welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, ladies. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. So, um, I met Connor, mm, gosh, going on seven years ago, I guess, in Dublin at the Amazing 12, Paul McCrory's Amazing 12 certification forever. And um, I was one of two girls at that certification. And uh, Sandra Goodison was there also. She's a kettlebell champion in Ireland. And um, Connor was there representing the Amazing 12 as the official model and walked out and not much at all. <laughs> <laughs> and lucky you. Down the table at Sandra and I was like, um, Oh my gosh, you know, and I looked around and Paul and Damien and Dwayne and they were all staring straight at me and I was like, look away, look away. <laughs> but anyway, you were the nicest guy and you were so gracious at that uh, certification. It was a great yeah, time. Uh, yeah, I was uh, a little nervous myself coming out, but got a good pump on and you know, did my thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. It was awesome. Okay, so what's going on with you? Just chilling, really taking it easy. Um, it's time now to sort of take a step back from this whole craziness that's really been going on in the whole world. And uh, I've just been enjoying time with the family. And we actually got a pizza oven yesterday uh, that arrived. So yesterday we were all, we made a pizza dough, got it fired up. You know, 90 seconds, pizza ready is absolutely amazing. So I've been enjoying time with my family and my brother mm -hmm. who actually came home from Korea six weeks ago. So he was in Korea while the whole outbreak in Wuhan happened. And then it had already gone to Korea. So it was, it was China, then Korea. And he'd actually finished his teaching contract in South Korea, which is his English teacher out there. And he was, had three months of holidays planned. He's going to go all over Asia. And he had to completely cancel that and just come straight home because he would have got stuck in all those countries. So he came home. Um, he actually quarantined himself for 10 days. And then, uh, which was a bit strange, him being here, being home. And, but we weren't really able to see him for that amount of time. And then, and then he came back. So, so I've just been enjoying sort of family time getting back to having nice walks enjoying the weather because it's been really good weather in the uk it's actually the most ironic thing it's you know lockdown happens and then the sun comes out and everybody goes crazy because they just want to go outside and yeah enjoy the time but i live in the countryside so we so have a couple of, yeah we have a couple acres in this field all around us so we can walk outside see the cows see the sheep get a bit of headspace and just uh, enjoy taking a bit of a 
slower pace. Amy and I were just talking about that. This is the nicest spring we've ever had where I live too. Normally it's very hot here by now and it's beautiful. It's 66 degrees, sunny. I mean, it's very, very bizarre that it is this nice this time of year. <laughs> it's Well, Ireland has very changeable weather. Uh, I mean, you probably know yourself like mm-hmm. every single day it could be, you know, you go through all seasons. But for two weeks there, we just had sun every single day and it was so mm-hmm. beautiful. And I was actually thinking, it's like, oh, maybe we should order like a little swimming pool or something because it was, it, it was getting it was actually getting that dry. There was sort of like being like dust balls were being sort of thrown up every single time a car would drive, drive by and all the fields were really starting to dry out. Something that you don't really see in Ireland. It's usually very, very lush and very green. Uh, but now we've had a couple of days of, of rain and it went from, I don't, I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, but we went down to sort of seven six or seven degrees celsius um and it was pretty chilly but i do i do quite a lot of cold therapy so it was i we have a little hot uh little cold tub and that was just perfect for me i was just like mm, this is a nice little extra cold yeah yeah i hear you i'm that way too i love the cold <laughs> i think i i live in oregon and i think we're very similar um latitudes and we've had it one of the nicest springs here too it's mm-hmm. it, it's been rain it's either alternating raining sunny raining sunny so it is as vivid green as i've ever seen i mean yeah, yeah, just absolutely amazing absolutely beautiful yeah so yeah really so, appreciate um, nature yeah connor i wanted to are you a vegetarian well okay <laughs> i'm a <laughs> flexitarian i've been through <laughs> I've been through all different diets. Um, uh, I was a vegan for a while, uh, for two years actually. Uh, before that, I'd always, you know, been a meat eater. Um, but my, funny enough, my little brother has type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. So he got di- diagnosed in 2017, I think. Uh, and we, we did a lot of research on different ways to treat uh, type one diabetes and to be able to manage blood sugars. And there's a lot of different researchers out there. There's one way for absolute keto because there's, you know, no real insulin response. But then there's also an argument for uh, whole food, plant-based diets. Um, and so we decided to go sort of the whole food, plant-based diet for a while to see how that went for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just out of solidarity, I was like, okay, I'll try it too. And then I ended up being vegan for, for two years. Um, and actually, honestly, being vegan, um, it's the leanest I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, for some reason, I was just, um, for me, the way that my body reacted to it. Uh, and this is, you can, there are lots of different types of vegan. You can, you can eat Oreos all day and peanut butter and call yourself a vegan, but it's not necessarily a whole, food, whole foods plant-based diet. But um, yeah, I started cycling. I was still working out, but with the cycling and with mostly whole foods, mostly carbo- carbohydrate diet, my weight just just shot down and I was just just ripped to shreds for a long, long time. And eating tons of carbs. I was actually eating around 700 grams of carbs a day. Um, but I was keeping my fat quite low and protein moderate, but I was just fueling for whatever exercise I was doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I still like to play around with, with my diet. Some right. days I would be, you know, would eat maybe 
more vegan and then other days I would, I would still include meat and fish and this and that. So it's yeah. very hard to say what the perfect diet is really. Um, right. It is. I feel good unless it's different ones. Yeah. I have a lot of young male clients and like they, um, you know, they are always looking at different uh, fitness models and athletes and stuff and they're like just so shredded. And I showed one of them a picture of you and he was like, that is what I want to look like. And I was like, well, okay. So <laughs> older than you and yeah. you know well anyway got quite a, a bit more to lose but i mean i think if we're talking about leanness regardless uh -huh. of what diet you eat it ha you have to be in a calorie deficit yes and it's it's simply that like the i was eating so many carbs and they were able to fuel my workout and when you when you exercising at a very high level at very high intensity sometimes food can actually become maybe more of a labor to eat and you see it less as, as that emotional response that we get mm -hmm. from eating food and more simply seeing it as just, this is going to fuel me for this. Um, and obviously there are lots of documentaries and lots of sports science stuff out there, but honestly, I did feel that fueling myself with carbohydrates, I just, I had a lot of energy mm -hmm. and I felt very light, but uh, on the same time, I was losing weight very, very fast. Uh, so it's just, you know, yeah. up and down, really. You look pretty lean right now. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm eating meat. So, uh, I'm, uh, but I think that once the, uh, I had a couple weeks of, because my brother is actually a pastry chef. So he okay. came home and he's, he's been, as well, he's been making all the most delicious desserts and everything that you could eat. And I had maybe two weeks of just eating whatever I wanted. And then I kind of started again, tracking, writing down, doing more, doing more training. Mm -hmm. And then just being, uh, just being aware that, that eating those types of foods doesn't make me feel that great when I have to burn off that energy uh, during intense training. So for me, I just want to eat the thing that, makes me feel sort of the lightest, the easiest digestible, and it'll give me the most energy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I've just, I've, a lot of rice, small amounts of protein, and just generally a healthy, what you would prescribe to anybody really. Good a bit of carb, good a bit of protein, a bit of fat and lots of vegetables. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what I've been eating, but I just have Are you familiar with the, the vertical diet? It sounds like you've sort of are on, have figured out the vertical diet without no i haven't are you not no it's interesting it's basically finding um you don't eat there's not a lot of variety but a lot of easily digestible foods mm. and mm. It, even down to the vegetables like keeping out the things that cause gastric distress and just yes. really narrowing oh, okay. things down stan effering mm, mm. yes and, stan Effer yes i actually i watched a youtube video with him and juji mufu and they went yeah. shopping and then yeah. they were saying no this is bad because it bloats you and it's not mm -hmm. the most digestible. And especially for these people, obviously, um, they're yeah. so huge and they require so much food to be able to, so many calories to be able to maintain that size that yeah. they need something that's extremely easily digestible for their, for their yeah. system. So, so and then yeah, you yeah. just manipulate you your, basically you manipulate white rice and beef to, to mm. up your calories, but everything else yeah. kind of stays the same. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So Connor, like besides, aside from COVID-19, why don't you walk us through a day in the life of uh, Connor Schelling Tisa? Um, well, as I'm self-employed um, 
and I work a lot of sort of freelance jobs with the nature of my work with the modeling and um, with a bit of acting and photography. It's some months I can be very, very busy. Other months it can be extremely quiet. Um, but I would, well, lately, generally now I've been, one of the things that I'm really happy about, I've been gotten back to a routine of getting up at five o'clock in the morning and that just adds so much more structure to my day. So I'll wake up and I'll write a list of things that I want to sort of achieve within that day, the training uh, segment and get that done. And if I say, for example, before, if I was working, I had a job in Dublin, I used to, I would wake up maybe four or five o'clock in the morning, do some yoga, do some skipping, uh, hit a little workout, uh, get my bus to Dublin, go do a fashion show, come home, try to have a good nap and meditate and then just um, do it again, really. Uh, there, isn't, there isn't a huge amount of structure in the life of a, uh, of a model. Uh, if you're living in the big fashion cities, like London or France or, um, or Paris or Milan, basically what happens is the night before uh, the next day you get sent sort of five or six different castings that you'll have to go to that day. And then you'll just, you'll go in between the city and then you'll meet somebody here, you'll do maybe a fitting, or then you'll go for maybe one that's a, a, an audition for a commercial. And then maybe you'll go for an audition for a, a catwalk or this and that. So the life of a model is, or any sort of a model actor, anything like that, there's not that much structure, but you have to keep, when you don't have that, you have to keep a certain amount of discipline within yourself to be able to structure your day with waking up early, you know, having a cold shower, um, you know, whether it's yoga or sort of a mindfulness practice, mindfulness practice or working out, you know, you, the thing is you have to be, almost at peak shape all year round because you don't know when the job is coming or you don't know where they're going to, where they're going to call you and say, Oh, Hey, they're looking for sort of, um, an, uh, an underwear model, uh, for, for five days time. And you're like, Oh no, I've been <laughs> bulking, you know, or, uh, or, or anything like this. So it does. I mean, I live my life before as an athlete, always training so that, Move, sort of continued within my life uh, and that does give me a lot of structure it gives me a lot of you know uh, a lot of solace it's it's very you know for me I need to I need to exercise it otherwise I'll, I'll go a little bit crazy like a little hamster in the wheel um, so yeah there, there there isn't that much uh, structure generally but it's you know chasing up clients sending invoices um, doing your own practice keeping yourself disciplined and just being ready for you know, what comes next really. Right. But it's a lot of freedom. So you have to sacrifice something, some things, you know, yourself as somebody who's self-employed, you may, you may not be working, have that much stability, but you also have a lot of freedom on the other, on the other side. So. Yeah. Which is a great trade off. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. because you know, there is a lot to be said for your own mental health and your own well-being and appreciation for simple and subtle and small things in life that give you happiness in the sense of yeah just being peaceful within yourself which mm -hmm. I feel like I can say I have yeah right that's probably where your yoga practice 
comes in also, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely, it definitely helps. Um, I've been doing yoga since I was quite young. Um, so my dad's always taught martial arts. And um, so we, we always had sort of yoga stuff, yoga DVDs lying, lying around. And while I was training for tennis, I used to get up again, four o'clock in the morning. I would do the yoga, I would do skipping. And then this is while I, while I was going to school. I would go, uh, I, I should do, I do my homework. I do yoga, I do, I go skip. And then at 6.30, I would go train for an hour and a half. Then I would go to school. Then after that, I would go, um, go back to the tennis club, train again, and then I go home. And then I do some sort of maybe like running or skipping or a bit of core and then yoga again. And then that would sort of be my life really. Um, so that re that gives me structure and that still gives me structure now. Right. Right. So your parents got you started very young then with that yeah. routine. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and which is, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really glad that I did because it does teach you to sort of be able to deal with your own emotions quite mm -hmm. young. Um, I, if you go to any yoga class, uh, I'm sure this is a lot of people's experience. There can be a lot of, um, feeling overwhelmed by emotion during the class, or even if that's not you, there may be three or four pe people across somebody just like, Oh, it's just crying. <laughs> and it's like, it's like what, is that? what is your problem? What are you doing? <laughs> like, or, or, or even if, or even if they're doing like Shavasana, which is court, court pose at the end and you know, it's time just relax, lie down. And then people, they just can't stay in it. They'll just get up and leave because it's hard to be with your own thoughts uh -huh. when you're, yeah. when you're going through a lot. But, um, there was sort of, I see yoga very much as sort of tempering of your mind and, uh, and your body because there, there was a post by a guy, I think his name is Sean Phelps. Um, and he, he said in his yoga practice, he makes an intention every single time to let go of negative behavior, negative thought patterns and become present within his practice. And he was saying in the post, he was talking about if he can't keep that promise within himself to be present within the pose and respond with calmness mm -hmm. while he's struggling or while he's finding a challenge in the pose, how can he keep promises off the mat right. outside in his everyday life and that sort of tempering of yourself and finding your breath and calmness and stillness within something that's very challenging is very empowering. So, so uh, yeah, I really enjoy that too. That's awesome. Mm. So you're talking about the cold therapy also, do you follow the Wim Hof method or is this your own? I, I'm Wim, Wim Hof. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> I know. I was actually, uh, um, yeah, we did a, uh, uh, the Wim Hof like quite a few years ago. Uh, again, my dad, he's, he loves to sort of re- Uh-oh. He's frozen. We'll give him a sec. We have temporarily <laughs> lost Connor. <laughs> he's frozen. Are we still here? Yeah, there you go. All right, you're back. <laughs> So you were talking about your dad. Uh-oh, is he present again? <laughs> yeah, that's that country living. <laughs> okay. 
he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm might have to, to reconnect. Oh, there he is. I, there we are. Okay. Yeah. So Wim Hof. Yes. <laughs> the the Ice Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, for quite a few years we've actually done Wim, uh, Wim Hof, and uh, and yeah, I I absolutely love it. Um, uh, I think yeah, it's yeah, it's just great. It's just there's nothing like just going into the cold and then just finding just deep breathing and there you really do get a sense of clarity euphoria uh and peace after you i mean there are layers to it you can go in and you'd be like oh i really don't want to do this i really don't want to do this but after you just kind of like let go of that and just get through it's it's i actually found that when i was training a lot now this is maybe some people would think this is too much but there were times where i was training sort of seven eight hours a day and i wouldn't be able to sleep because my body was literally too hot i if i went to bed everything was just like shaking and vibrating and i, I couldn't sleep because my whole body was just like in so much pain uh, not necessarily pain it was just i was just training a lot but then when i started to, to introduce sort of the cold therapy to that um i was my sleep quality just went through the roof I was able to um, recover a lot better and I was able to after maybe like a tough workout where you would feel kind of burnt out for a while I would go have a cold dip go have a cold shower and then I would just feel I would just feel ready again rather than just you know I, I, I feel like whether you're too hot it'll it sorts you out if you're too cold it'll sort you out if you're too excited it'll sort you out if you're depressed it'll sort you out it's a, it's a very good balancer that's that's what i find so brings you back to sort of homeostasis right amy and i traveled amy and her husband and i traveled in iceland last summer and we went to one of the glacial hot springs there and it was near the sea it was right next to the sea and they had a ramp and we jumped in the sea and oh, then back into, the into the sea oh that's <laughs> The best. It's literally, it's literally yeah. the best. The the hot cold, hot cold, hot cold. It's so good for you. Um, I we actually so fortunately we have a we have an infrared sauna here at mm -hmm. home. Um, so what we'll do is go thirty minutes in the sauna, into the cold dip, then back again into the sauna, then into the cold dip, and it really is like onion layers. Just just a sense of relaxation, and I I love that feeling when you're freezing cold and then you get back into a sauna and then your body just starts opening up again. It's uh, yeah, you, ha you have to do it. If you have the chance to do it and if you can take hot, cold, hot, cold, um, I would definitely recommend it if you're used to it. I wouldn't go jumping into yep. it straight away. So we weren't used to it, but it, I really enjoyed okay. it. Like yeah. You feel every cell in your body, you know, when you got mm -hmm. back in the mm -hmm. sauna, mm -hmm. it was like, Oof. yes, like really yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah that was really fun that it's pretty intense experience. it can it can get intense yeah. yes i mean i um i've watched a lot of wim hof and actually went to you know dave whitley is a wim hof practitioner you've met dave i know and i uh, went to one of his workshops and he tried to kind of ease me into it with you know the whole shower process of how you do it and i just have to buckle down and do it I've not yet. I, you know what? Personally, I don't really like the showers that much because it's kind of like cold water just hitting you. 
like, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, not, it's not really that pleasant. If you have the opportunity, especially if you buy the sea, there's something about going into nature as well, which is, mm -hmm. or if you're in a sort of forest park and there's a, you know, glacial sort of river. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing to be able to immerse the body into the water. Uh, and yeah, it, it's completely different than a cold shower. Uh, and it's, I, I, if I go in the cold tub first and then in the, in the cold shower, I can stay in the cold shower for ages. But if I, if I hit the cold shower, because we have an outdoor one, if I do the coach out, I'm just like, ah, oh, no, ah, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like that either. That's good to know. Do I'm you gonna... actually use ice in your baths or, or do you just take uh, it, get real cold water? Yeah, well, I we used, we actually had an ice machine that we, uh, that we uh, would, we would put like make a load of icebergs um, and put it in. But I found that, you don't, I mean, in Ireland, it's pretty cold anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, over the winter there, it's constantly around sort of just above freezing. So it was cold, it was cold enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, just, it's just easier for me just now just to go in the cold and stay in there for a little bit longer and just maybe like shimmy around and move the water around uh, rather than, mm -hmm. you know, putting a ton of ice. But we actually, we did use the... We, we used to put salt in the ice in, in the tub. We would get like a big massive mm -hmm. sort of um, five pound bag of salt and we would make like this really freezing cold salt uh, because it, it makes the, the water a lot colder and we get down to like minus two or minus Oof. four. And then we used to, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty freezing. It's, sometimes you get to a point where you're like, let's see how far we can actually push this. But it's not always the best way of doing things. It's, it's kind of like... Yeah. This is great fun. Let's 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 freeze off all our little bits, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, um, are things starting to open up in Ireland again? Are you in Northern Ireland right now? Um, yeah, Northern Ireland. Okay. Uh, I think everything is. You really we're playing it by ear. Um, I don't know what the the UK is going to release what their plan is mm -hmm. in maybe a week for the opening up stages. Um, fortunately, in Northern Ireland, it's a very small population, and we've only had, I think it's about 350 uh, confirmed uh, deaths, I think. Um, so it's, it's very low, but still, there's always, there's always that worry, especially because my brother has type 1 diabetes. That puts him in extremely high risk, uh, risk for that, even though he's a very healthy, young, fit guy. Having type 1 diabetes makes it difficult. Um, so he'll have to quarantine and be on lockdown for a lot longer, which means that unless I move away from home, then I basically have to do the same thing. Um, so yeah, everything is still now on lockdown for another, I think two weeks, and then maybe there'll be more measures introduced where people can see each other, but maybe from uh, a gatherings of four people, but still respect the social distancing rules. I'm not 100% sure what it's like in America or even in each state, if there's different uh, different rules and regulations, what's going on there. But uh, it's, it's, it's really tough to say because I think everybody's dying to get out and sort of get back to normal life and start trading their business again and, and, and sort of get the economy and, um, and just life moving again. But the fact is that until 
another six weeks passes after reintroduction, we probably won't be able to see what, what the effects of sort of the reintegration of opening businesses up and relaxing, relaxing social distancing. So it's, it's a really, it's a really tough call because obviously I'd love to see my friends and I'd love to see, you know, go about and do th- I had, I had a job lined up um, working on a, um, on a film for three months that was supposed to start uh, on the, in March. And then that's been completely postponed. And because it's going to be a high volume of people working together, this is just a lot of uncertainty in whether will they be able to do, you know, continue with that or when is it going to be okay? Is it, you know, is it only going to be okay once we have a vaccine and do I really trust a coronavirus vaccine yet? Uh, you know, like, uh, like who knows, or like maybe I'll let some, you know, a couple other people have the vaccine yet and see how, if they react to it, I'll just stay in lockdown and I'm okay. I don't need to see the real world. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the thing is, I, I know I'm a, I'm a young, I'm a fit guy. And, you know, for the most part, it's over 50s, over 60s that are sort of getting hit the worst by this. But, you know, nobody is exempt from, from this. And we, we've seen young people die from it without any sort of previous history of illnesses. So don't know if you want to take that risk and, it's just so much uncertainty that I think it's better to, you know, err on the side of caution, but it's, it's easy for me to say when I'm in a position to do that, mm-hmm. where there's other people who, you know, can't do that. They don't have the support to do that. So it's, it's a, it's a really tough call. And now that we actually, we, we um, just got a polytunnel delivered. So we're starting to make sort of our own fruits and vegetables. Um, and we were, uh, my little brother was uh, sorting it out. And then I was thinking, oh, that guy's a little bit close to him. That's not, that's not two meters. And we're like, I didn't want to be like saying to him, like, get away from him. He's, you're too close, <laughs> you know? What are you doing? And then it made me, then me, made me think about how that's really going to affect our future. Is it like everything's going to really be different for maybe quite a long time. But I think we just have to you know, make the best of, of the situation and, and really do what we can because our hands are tied, really. Um, and it has, there's been a lot of benefits to it. It's brought a lot of people together uh, in different ways, families being able to spend time with each other. Uh, people have had to think laterally of how to move their businesses and people have had the time to invest in, you know, doing podcasts and, and starting things that they, they've always wanted to do because, you know, they're off work that you don't really have an excuse. So, you know, now's the time to really, you know, you know, flip it, try to make positive out of it and accept that you can't change it and just do the best that you can do really. Right. But I live in, I live in the countryside, so <laughs> it's not like I live in New York. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand what people are going through, you know? Yeah. I was at my gym the other day working out and, um, I, I was just doing my thing and a friend of mine walked in and I couldn't really see her because the, the sun was shining behind her. She was like, Amanda. And I realized who it was. It was my friend, Olivia. And um, she lives in New York, but she's been here quarantined like forever, you know, like not quarantine, but social distancing for, you know, a couple months. And uh, she goes, my boyfriend and I are headed back to New York today. Will you give me a hug? And I was like, <laughs> I'm not I giving know. you a high. 
<laughs> she's like, come on, kiss me. I mean, she's a very good friend. So I gave her a hug. I mean, we both had not been around anyone at all, you know. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I was like, I can't believe you're going back to New York. Like right now, it's still not good there. I mean, we're okay here. New York is not okay. I hope you, uh, I hope you held your breath and then shut yourself down after that. Go like this with sanitizer. Just, <laughs> mm. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've shaken a hand since February. I don't think I've actually shaken a hand since February, which is fine with me because I don't really like shaking hands anyway. <laughs> right? Like, uh, and I'm in the South. They're very huggy kissy here. Everybody wants to hug you, you know, and it's just, I, that's going to change a lot, you know the dynamics of the relationships mm -hmm. and uh I know and it's all it's almost a bit weird when people are you know you know that when people are loving and they want to come and hug you they, they come with a sort of an open heart and then you're like sorry <laughs> stay, stay yeah. back you know it, it can be like you're like get a bit offended by that but you know it's the reality of it is it ain't safe <laughs> so right. yeah yeah, absolutely. But it's not even it's not even that they're not safe. It's people would think that oh, um, take it personally. But it's it's not about that. It's just that potentially, you know, what the chances could be. So yeah, so, yeah. Treat it. Treat everybody like they're an infected zombie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. So Connor, tell us what we uh, you've talked about yoga, um, but what it what are your your other um, how does your your training look aside from yoga right now? Do you follow a program? Do you kind of just every day decide what you're going to do? Or? Yeah, it's pretty much pretty well. The most my stable training really is is the yoga, um, and I recently last year was introduced to Ashtanga yoga, um, which is one of the oldest sort of forms of yoga, and you follow a routine and you basically go up to where you can hold the pose uh, and then if you can't go if you can't go beyond that that's as far as you go and that's that's as far as you practice uh, and it develops very quickly so you go from sort of uh, sun salutations to sort of uh, standing postures and then it gets pretty intense so this even in the primary series which is what I'm working on uh, the state that I've got up to is just before you go into a standing uh, backbend. So you basically, you stand up and then you basically go back to the floor from your feet. And I, I can't do that. So it would basically like just going completely backwards, hands to the floor. Um, so you have to, you have to be able to work up to, up to those levels. And, um, and it can be, it, it gets very, very intense. So you, you practice it pretty much six days a week um and in the morning uh but other than that my training would be more uh i do a lot of kettlebells i picked up climbing um two years ago so i would do uh, a lot of sort of finger strength training and uh pull-ups and general calisthenics but i really say that the base of my training would be uh, yoga and just a very simple so i can work out with kettlebells very easily kettlebell complex and body weight that's all i really need um obviously like you can you can train any number of ways but it's what i enjoy 
and I find that I can keep, uh, you know, I can keep, it, I can keep in good shape that way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Kettlebell and body weight. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, those two things you're set in a pandemic. Yeah. Right? I know. Well, I mean, I think I had a very stable base. Well, so we met during the, the A12 uh, certification and I, so Paul, Paul McElroy is who obviously put on the, the certification and he's a world, world-renowned strength trainer. Um, and I first met Paul because uh, my dad actually, again, <laughs> guru dad, <laughs> uh, this, is during my, this was during my tennis career. He was looking at things that, uh, you know, would be able to help my tennis career. And there was a, a kettlebell certification in Belfast, the, the HKC at the time, the very basic one. And he, si- he signed me up to it. And I went into the gym. It's a very old school gym. And this is, this is really my first experience of going into like a proper gym. And I'd looked on the website and it was full of like big burly guys with beards and tattoos and like everything. All the pictures were all sort of super grainy, super old school, old equipment. And I, honestly, I was, I was a little bit intimidated <laughs> when I first went. Um, but I did, uh, I did the course and I loved it so much that, um, I signed up for the RKC and so the art, which is now the SFT, which is brilliant kettlebell certification. And then after that is when I did my 12 week physique, which is what, uh, the amazing 12 used to be called, uh, before, yeah, before it was, uh, amazing 12. So I had a really good introduction into sort of lifting into the whole ethos of, of training of you know not completely destroying your body every single day in the gym but building up within a comfort zone and then building up that comfort zone and then being able to progress you know continuously for quite a long time um through paul and then uh then i continued training with him because we were trying to go for um a, me- a men's health competition to be on the cover of that so a couple of guys in the gym, we were all training together, uh, all under Paul's sort of tutelage. Um, and it was a really, really great atmosphere. And we all got in sort of maybe the best shape we've been in our, in our lives. And that is just sort of having that, having the kettlebell certification, having the yogas sort of set me up, I really think, for life. To ha- because if you keep, you know, the fundamentals and the basics simple, and then everything just comes out of that. So, you know, work on, work on the simple things first and then, and then you can go from there because there's so much you can even do just with a kettlebell or just with a barbell. You don't need much. You can get a lot with very little. Oh yeah. One, we talked about that last week with Andrea Chang, a a master instructor for strong first that Mm -hmm. um, one kettlebell is all you really need. Oh yeah. 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 Just one and it works. Yeah. Literally, there's so much you can do. You just know how to, you know, create tension within your body and use leverage. Uh, it's it's really is amazing what one kettlebell can do. And there's so much to uh, to the kettlebells because, I mean, you can do you could do a regular press with a kettlebell. You could do a bottoms up press with a kettlebell, which develops so much strength in the wrist. Snatches, high pulls, goblet squats. Um, you know, the swing. The swing itself is a full exercise. You can completely transform your body just with the swing if you have the patience you know to work enough swings because you can take a lot you can take a lot of volumes uh 
doing swings. Um, so yeah, it, it's an it's an amazing tool, and if you if you have the knowledge of how to use it uh, and how to properly properly tension your body, it's yeah, it's it's really great. I love it, yeah. and it translates. Actually, it translates to a lot of things. So that that's that's great. Okay. Actually, well yeah, well, when when we talk about translating. I had never done a deadlift in my life before. Um, and when, after doing the, um, with the Strong First certification, my very first max attempt of, uh, of a deadlift was 180 kilograms, which is maybe um, 400 pounds? Yeah. Maybe less than 400 pounds? Mm-hmm. Right, right around. Yeah, so it's, yeah, sort of, right around that, that sort of area. I, and I'd never done deadlifts before, but just because of, you know, um, working three months solidly, solidly with kettlebells, a, a bench, some, that's some people's PRs after, after a couple of years of training. Mm-hmm, and yeah. just by working with the kettlebells, I was able to um, pretty comfortably get that weight up. Uh, on my very first day, this is, this is the very first day that I went in with Paul, so uh, to sort of test all my different strength levels um, before we started our uh, uh, the twelve weeks of the of the training. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a great tool, and it translates. It is. Amy is a an elite Strong First uh, coach. She has all the levels and all the certifications through Strong First, and I've watched her. I, you know, I watch her training when she posts up and we talk about it and just employing that tension, that total body tension and how it's carried over in her barbell training. Oh my gosh. It's so strong. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, it was the body weight certification that really where things really clicked Mm -hmm. and helped to, to learning that tension in the body weight certification really helped my barbell lifting. It was, it, and it's like, that's where it kind of all started to come together for me. And I'm not incredibly strong. Thank you, Amanda. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not incredibly strong, but I do try to, I do try to teach and I do try to use proper technique because I want to keep doing this well into my seventies, you know, You're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 You don't have to, you don't have to max out because you'll end up, you know, losing, losing form and then you'll end up putting yourself in compromising positions. But if you, if you bring, if you, even if you bring it maybe, you know, 20 or 30 pounds below your max, or maybe even 10 to 15 pounds below your max and you, and you work that. And like Pavel says, if you grease the groove and, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. can, uh, you can develop a lot, uh, uh, much more. I actually find the lighter I go, uh, I can actually develop much more, um, uh, recruit much more muscle than mm-hmm. if I was trying to completely, you know, like, Ugh! completely max out. So I, I, much, I do enjoy a training that gives me longevity as well and looking after your body because when you're young, you really take things for granted when yes, you're like, oh yeah, it's, it's so funny. Like, I mean, the number of times I've sort of and like tweaked something or hurt myself just because I thought, oh yeah, I'm strong enough for this. I can just, you know, skip something or, or you, you don't quite work at the level you work slightly above what you're capable of just because you think, you know, you're young, you're headstrong, you think you can do whatever, you know, you can conquer the world. And then until you hear, you're like, Oh, okay. I should not have done that. I should have taken a step back, left my ego at the door because now 
am royally just yeah. screwed. So, we know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you know. You can say what you want on this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Because, you know, when you're a little kid, and I mean, I don't know, I'm sure you guys did this too, but like when you're five, six, seven years old, and you just like, you're running around like a maniac all the time. And I just remember like always like jumping up on trees and doing pull-ups like yeah. throughout the day. That is grease in the groove. I think mm -hmm. that's where that comes from. And it's like, imagine if we just continue to do that through life and didn't let that go, you know? Yep. Yep. That's what Absolutely. I tell my friends who have little kids. I was like, don't let them stop. Like make yeah, exactly. doing this kind of thing, these calisthenics and these, you know, these body weight things. The last well, forever. We've become, we've become so much more sedentary as a population, even from, you know, maybe 50, 50 years ago. Um, and maybe it's because of all this consumerism and, you know, TV and how everything is so easily available now and we're working less outdoors and, you know, uh, this and that. But, yeah, you, if, you, if you change your entire lifestyle to one of more that's much more active, then it's like, like you said, you're greasing the groove, groove all day. You're having fun. You're, being, you're going outdoors. And that's really what I'd love to be able to do is to feel good in my body, to be able to experience life outside. Mm -hmm. be able to climb a mountain and feel good, be able to go, you know, running, doing this and that and feeling, you know, strong and, you know, free and loose and flexible in the body. It's, you really, you appreciate it only once you've hurt your lower back. <laughs> and then, mm. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have, uh, you know, done that. <laughs> so it's, uh, and, but that's the thing, unless you make that mistake, you don't appreciate what you have. It's like, having a blocked nose only when you have a blocked nose you're like oh i wish i could breathe again yes yeah, yeah. i had this really great experience last weekend my my husband and i we we have huge sand dunes here in oregon and where my dad lives he's there's some that i can that we can still get get to fortunately because a lot of them are closed but we got these sand bikes and we took them out and we were riding and it was so weird. I got this deja vu of being a little kid just riding bikes. And it wasn't like I was going on a bike ride, you know, I'm going to get in so many miles and I got to put the, all the gear on. It was, we're just out having fun riding bikes. And yeah. I felt after an hour, I felt so good. It was like yeah. the best feeling I'd had in, I mean, months and months of mm. just, wow, I just spent an hour outside going up hills, zooming down, you know, it was just, it was, it was cool. It was very cool. They look yeah. like fun. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love cycling. I only, uh, I got myself a road bike um, maybe two years ago and there really is nothing. I, I, I did, I was tempted to buy maybe like a little power meter and I got myself a little heart rate monitor and I was, I was putting those on, but then I started to find that my attention went away from enjoying myself and, and sort of just cycling and enjoying the surroundings to measuring it and mm -hmm. trying to go better or trying to do this. But for me, I just absolutely love just being able to go on my bike, the wind just going through your hair, you know, the birds going through like little bees and everything just flying about cows and sheeps in the field. And it is, it's just, it's just a wonderful thing just to be able to go out and gives you so much, go gives you so much headspace, just being on your bike. And it does make you feel like a kid again. Uh, and yeah. actually one of my favorite things, actually I do love, is doing hills. I am a sucker for that sort of punishment. I used to love pushing myself almost to the brink when I was 
uh, playing tennis. I used to really love that sort of intense, like your heart's about to explode. <laughs> like, like you can, you can almost taste the blood in your lungs. It's like mm -hmm. you're breathing iron and everything's just like, boom, boom, boom. your calves are exploding. You know, your whole body is just pumping. But when you, when you start to, in, you know, implement like deep breathing and not to panic and you, you, you're able to relax and push through that and maybe go beyond that. And then, and then you're going to go down the hill again, which is, yeah, which is absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. No, I, I absolutely love something. So Amy and I have done a little bit of traveling together and we went to the Aran Islands and I was just going to uh, say, yeah. Yeah. And we rented this pod to stay in there on the beach. It was on the beach, right? Yeah. Really cool. But uh, we rented these bikes to ride all over the island and they were not in the greatest shape. The bikes. No. <laughs> and Oh my God, it was hysterical, <laughs> dying half the time we were laughing. And at one point I was crying because I was like, I can't believe how beautiful this is. And it was just us and the cows and the sheep, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it is yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. It was uh, awesome. Yeah, that was I have better. to go back. It's just, yeah. I mean, we got to, we, we, we got to the top and I can't remember the name, but it was one of the old ancient forts and we walked out and the view, I mean, I actually got tears. It was just so yeah. stunning and unbelievable beauty. It was like we only, there was one guy up, up there who had camped overnight on a, on a bike and that was it. It was just us. Yeah. And it was so far out there and it was like the cliffs of Mar times 10. Mm, I mean, that oh, was spectacular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing. Now, the wonderful thing is that you two have that experience that you can always have and yeah. share it together. And you just can't, you can't pay for those things. It, no. When that happens and, you know, the struggle of, you know, being on, on bikes, which aren't maybe in the best condition and like, you know, going up and down on hills, but then you come across to this beautiful vista and it really is a moment of just like, wow, this so vast so amazing so overwhelming it's uh yeah. it's really like you can't you can't put it into words but it's like an experience that you can share and you just always know and that's that is just life it's just it's beautiful yeah that's awesome well hey connor look okay we are at just under an hour and amy and i like to do this uh rapid fire 10 questions at the end of our podcast Okay. Amy, do you want to do it or do you want me to? It's up to you. Oh, you better do it. I didn't write the questions down <laughs> today. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So are you ready for this? Yep. Fire away. Okay. Okay. All right. What is your favorite meal? Oof. Uh, an ice cream cookie sandwich. <laughs> yeah. That's, <the> first. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Um emerald like a deep emerald green okay what's the last book you read uh psychology of inner perceptions all right uh the most memorable concert you've ever been to uh mtv emas 2000, 2011 because on that uh you, you had to do an audition for that and then um a casting director selected me to do like a little uh skit that was showed up on a big massive screen with Selena Gomez at the time. <laughs> so yeah, wow. it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. Um, what is something that people get wrong about you? Oh, uh, all the time, all the time. Whenever they meet me, they think I'm really 
before, before I've even opened my mouth, they think I'm really arrogant. And I'm like, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a dick. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I always thought you were a nice guy. Um, when was the last time you had a hysterical laugh? Uh, yeah, it's probably at a movie. I mean, I laugh a lot. I was actually, um, the other day, my little brother just did like an impression of, um, of somebody on the TV and just whatever mood I was in, I actually just like burst out laughing and it was like, it's a bit intense, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was literally a couple of days ago. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite animal? I love horses. I, I really love horses. Cool. Um, what's something that you procrastinate? Oh, what do I procrastinate about? Oh, probably like that moment where you wake up between waking up and actually like taking the covers off to get out of bed. <laughs> you're, fit, you're like, you're like, you're like, I know, I know. Okay, it's like okay. five o'clock, five a.m. Okay, would five o three be okay? And then you just like sit up and you look up and you're like. Mm. Do I want to? Do I want to get my feet out of these comfy covers? But whenever you do, you feel, always feel better for it, even if it's yeah. tough. Like, so. <laughs> um, what's the last movie you watched? Oh, The Secret of Kells. So it's an animated, uh, um, highly acclaimed uh, animation about sort of uh, Irish folklore. It's, it's worth a, uh, a watch if you sort of like sort of mystical Irish. Uh, Stuff. I, it's it's really wonderful. I think it either goes by Brendan and the Secret of Kells or the Secret of Kells. Kells. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Cool. Yeah. All right, and last but not the least, your favorite vacation place. Mm. There's a lot of places I'd love to go, but uh, I had I was in South Korea this summer with my brother. I was there for two months, uh, visiting him and. I just had the most amazing time. I met wonderful people. It was, I had sort of highs and lows. I, I went out there with tonsillitis, traveling with tonsillitis uh, on medication that I was extremely nauseous on the plane. And just the, the whole journey, um, it was just, yeah, just the whole experience. It was absolutely amazing. So I would definitely say South Korea, but I would love to go to uh, the Dolomites in Italy. I'd love to cycle there and the Pyrenees and um, yeah, there's so much that I want to see of the world and there's beautiful places out there. And if you haven't been to Ireland, I definitely recommend coming to Ireland because it's a very special place. You can't put your finger on it, but there's something magical about it. But, you know, for, for me, I had an amazing time in South Korea, so. I agree. Yeah, I agree about Ireland. I want to go to South Korea also, but you know, like I said, Amy and I went, I've, the last time I looked at my passport, I'd been to Ireland 12 times. And I was like, oh, yeah. Hey, maybe it's time to go. It's not, a, it's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> it's not. Every time I go, there's something new. Like, there's it's so a, much I haven't seen. Different experience every time. There's so much I haven't seen either. So <laughs> I, need, I need to go around and get out my bike and just cycle the whole country. I can't tell you the many people that we talked to had never been to Giants Causeway that lived in, in Ireland or Northern Ireland. I was like, yeah, huh, yeah. Interesting. I know. You, you should really go. <laughs> you should really go. Yes. But we, but we missed it when we went because it was, they closed it. It was too windy. <laughs> oh my, it was uh, crazy wind. We could not get out there. Yeah. 
so yeah, there's a there's a little secret like way that you can get behind this giant's causeway and go kind of like like this back way of getting to it but i don't but you know you need a local <laughs> well and the wind was really legit so bad that it quite possibly could have just blown us right off the top of the cliff oh really okay well you know it's better that you it's didn't terrible <laughs> if you wear baggy clothing you'll just go soaring <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Baby>. <laughs> Well, Connor, thank you so much for being on our show. No, it thank you. It's been really fun. great, really great to chat. Really great yes, to hear. Awesome. And I'm really happy to see that both of you are looking great. You're healthy. And thank I just you. wish the best for the two of you in the next coming weeks. And, you know, keep thanks. smiling. Yeah, you yeah. too. That's we'll be in touch. Pushing. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Connor. So, I, will, I will send you a link when this is all up. So thank oh, you amazing. so much. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Brilliant. That was okay. great. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Right, see you ladies. Bye bye. Bye.